Heads up, Easter is early this year, so get everything you need to host for Sunday, March 31st. Pastel outfits for the whole family, Macy's has you covered. Macy's also has Toys R Us Easter basket goodies, from books to stuffed animals and even slime. Find it all in-store and online at Macy's.com. And we're back on Dealing Together, where we help good people who fell for bad deals. First caller? I had to buy three identical sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller, what's your deal? I paid for 20 tanning sessions, but had to use them in a month. Now I'm orange. Ooh, you got burned. Next caller. I traded in my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24+. Plus. Hmm, how's that bad? I got to choose from their best plans. So what went wrong? Nothing went wrong. And you're calling to... To request a song? You want a song. Of course. The choice is yours. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows that we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, whether it be the chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed. That's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions that help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, things. Tight, tighten up your core, things. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday, everybody. I am pumped for this episode because my therapist is on for all four things. Uh, we touch on rage. We touch on boundaries. Uh, and then I've got two emails as the third and fourth thing. One of the emails is a continued conversation of when you're having tough talks with people and trying not to use you, you did this and you do that and yada, da, da, da. But more so, I feel this when this happens. So we dig into that a little bit more. And then I have another email from a listener that was 
pretty personal. I'm flattered when y'all email me for my advice, but sometimes I don't feel equipped to give you an answer. So I thought it was fitting for a professional to address uh, this particular email. Uh, So yeah, that's the four things. I hope you enjoy it. Before we get into the episode, I just have to give a shout out to my girl, Brittany, Brittany Spencer. She has come on the podcast before. She has a beautiful voice and she recently wrote a song called compassion and put it out. And I highly encourage you to go download it. I have had the song on repeat. It is amazing. Listen to every word and have compassion for yourself, for others. We need more compassion. And I'm going to play 30 seconds of the song right now because that's all I'm allowed to play here on the podcast. But I hope that you'll head to iTunes and buy the song and help support our girl, Brittany. I don't know if y'all remember her from a couple of months ago when Black Lives Matter stuff was uh, really uh, heating up. And it's still a very important conversation, but she helped walk me through that first episode of having the tough conversations. And she's amazing. So if you didn't hear that episode, I would go back and listen to that. I don't have the episode number for you, but Brittany Spencer is her name. And a lot of times, if you just search that into wherever you listen to podcasts, names will show up and that episode should show up. Okay. Here's the song, Compassion, Brittany Spencer. Have your fun and share it with everyone you love. Raise your kids and raise your glass. Okay, so beautiful. Told y'all. Get the song and you will have it on repeat because that's what I've been doing the last few days and it's been so soothing for me. So tag me on Instagram if you get the song or if you even go on Instagram in your stories, you can look up Compassion if you type it into the little music icon and then you can play it in your stories and tag Brittany, tag me, just show her some support because she's just an amazing person and I want to throw some love her way and y'all are amazing at helping me do that. Uh, Speaking of throwing love people's way. Uh, Stevenson's 10th birthday is coming up on Monday. So just a few days away, August 10th, his calm down shirts will be up to send love down to Haiti. The orphanage where he grew up is what is supported by these shirts. We've done chill out for his eighth birthday. We did relax for his ninth birthday and we're doing calm down for his 10th birthday. So he used to go around saying that all the time, chill out, relax, calm down. So this is the final shirt. I hope y'all love it. We think the design is super cute and make sure that you shop on Monday because pretty much we only have it for sale on his birthday. Okay, hope you are doing great and let's get started with today's episode. Here you go. First thing, that's right. So Catherine, let's break down rage and I'll use me as an example because for me, the last couple of years, I have experienced rage. I've talked about it on the Bobby Bone Show, I've talked about it on the podcast, and I thought it was hormonal, but you, as my therapist, disagree. So (laughs) the reason why this came up 
and I thought it would be important to discuss is because if anyone else is on a journey of letting go of something that helped suppress or numb their feelings and emotions, like I had an eating disorder and it was about a year and a half to two years ago that I really started working on it. I read a book that changed my thinking or it was helping me work on changing my thinking. That's when I read Brain Over Binge. And then I started really putting in the work when I started incorporating some of Lisa's tips from Fork the Noise. Then I met you, you know, through Outweigh. It may not be an eating disorder, but you may have something else that you use to numb feelings. And when I started to take care of that problem, then I had feelings surface. Right, Catherine? Yeah. And you're like, what are these things? (laughs) And then I had rage. That's how it was manifesting for me. It may come up in other ways for somebody else, but it came up recently in a session with Catherine because I was proud of myself and I had to tell her how I had, I was in a situation, details don't matter, but it sent me into this feeling of, oh, I want to slam my coffee cup on the ground right now and it's going to feel so good. But I didn't do it. And I was so proud of myself, but I pictured myself doing it. (laughs) But then my body processed it and I was able to breathe and I stayed calm and it was a whole thing. So I was telling Catherine about my progress. So let's break down. We're using rage as an example, but I assume there could be a variety of reactions to the feelings. Yeah. And I think it's important to mention that rage looks different in different people. Yes. So where you want to throw something, some people end up being super passive aggressive and that can still be rage. It's just a different kind of rage. I can go at this a couple of different ways because what did you say when you feel rage, what do you think it means? Like what is that feeling for you? For a a while, I thought it was hormonal. So I kind of just thought it was, I was me being crazy and not being able to control anything and overreacting for no reason. Mm -hmm. But now that I'm dialing in, I see that there is a reason. And really, Mm -hmm. I was reacting to fear of Mm -hmm. my situation and Mm -hmm. that made me scared. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so then I want to throw something like a toddler. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... And so if we backtrack, and we've talked about this before in the show about feelings and what happens to them, and you explained this right there when you said when you let go of some of your numbing behaviors, this stuff started coming up, and that's really your emotions start coming up because those behaviors are getting rid of whether it's anger, sadness, loneliness, whatever was unsafe or didn't feel good in your family, that's getting rid of that. Well, you've lived a long life of not feeling that and not really being able to recognize this is this this is this. When this happens, I feel sad. When this happens, I feel scared. So everything feels overwhelming. So as you're letting these emotions come back in right now, you're like, now I can feel, but I still haven't figured out which feeling is what. It just feels like a lot, right? Right. What really, without giving the details of it, what really was happening? You said I was like a, I felt like a toddler. What really was happening inside of you? I was processing the situation. I was, mm-hmm. I feel like my feelings were valid, mm-hmm. but my reaction was different than maybe somebody else's would have mm-hmm. been because I was having a response to the situation. I don't know. Is it okay for me to have that response? Or if I continue to do more work, would I not feel the anger? It was more anger, frustration, sadness, irritated. There's a lot mm-hmm. of feelings. Mm-hmm. And so what really happens to us when we, because all of us, whether we want to believe it or not, we've all had experiences of like, ah, like rageful feelings. We really dial it back and we sit and we ask ourselves what's going on. 
what's happening is a lot of times we're having experience now that we're matching with something that happened a long time ago. Let's say you're having a conversation with somebody and somebody's not hearing what you're saying, right? They aren't getting it. And it's like, I get so mad and I want to throw something, right? What is happening inside of you is you're attaching this feeling of they're not hearing me. They're not going to understand me. There's That's fear. That's like, I'm scared they're not going to hear me. Well, in your past, in our history, when we have trauma, any kind of trauma, whether it's big T, little T, emotional trauma, it wasn't safe when we felt fear. Like we felt fear and it wasn't safe. And so your autonomic nervous system kicks in, which is your fight, flight, or freeze. There's technically two, but really three parts to it. One is the sympathetic nervous system. That's the fight or flight. So that's the one that like revs your engine. And that's what was being kicked in when you felt that rage. The other part is the parasympathetic, and that's like your break. So if you want to describe it easily, it's like your sympathetic is your inhale and your parasympathetic is your exhale. So your inhale revs you up and gets you going. It's like, I got to fight, I got to fly, I got to do something. And the parasympathetic calms you down and slows you down. So what happened in that situation is your body started like, I remember what fear feels like, and it's not safe, and I'm mad, and I got to do something. And so that throwing your coffee down it's like, I got to do something. I got to fight. When really, you were really safe. Yeah, I was totally safe. But again, I feel like my feelings were valid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't throw the coffee, which was good progress. Mm-hmm. I, I felt calm, even though my reaction was all of those things. Mm-hmm. I, re- I was able to stay calm. So mm-hmm. is that the progress? Yeah. So That's this the goal. Is, yeah, yeah. So this is something that's just happening for you naturally, which is great. So the third part of that, that autonomic nervous system is, the vagus nerve. So there's a, something called polyvagal theory, which brings in the vagus nerve. So the vagus nerve is something that is in your brain and it runs into the rest. It connects your organs, like your stomach and your lungs and all these things. So it connects your body to your brain. So that's why when we feel emotions, we don't just like think, oh, I'm scared, like our body changes. So what you did is you kicked in that system because you're breathing more intentionally. I know you've talked about breathing and breath a lot. And so you you calm yourself down. You envisioned yourself doing that and you calmed yourself down. So you didn't have to act out because you told yourself, hey, hey, like I'm actually okay. I'm feeling fear, which is okay. Fear isn't always something that comes in when there's an actual threat to like my life or my safety. Sometimes fear comes in when we really care about something. So if something's happening and it's not going the way you want it to go and you start getting afraid, that's okay. That's okay that you're afraid. It's cluing you into like, hey, this is important to me. I need to address this. You don't need to run away. You don't need to shut down. You don't need to fight. You need to be able to communicate. Well, and just for people that might hear big T, little T, if they've never heard that before, can you just define what that is? The big T trauma is like a trauma that, like when I give somebody paperwork when they're coming to be a new client, it says, have you ever experienced trauma? Like 70% of people will say no. And then within like two sessions, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I have trauma. Because we think of trauma as big T trauma, these big shock life events, like a death, a natural disaster, being deployed, like war, a big, big, serious illness, sexual abuse, physical abuse, any of that would be like these big event things. That's what we normally think about is trauma, and that's big T trauma. The little T trauma is the more emotional trauma. So that's something that they might be smaller events, but they usually happen more than once or they're a continual 
experience, and they can be just as damaging depending on, like, where you are, your attachment system, and all of that. So that could be something like just emotional abandonment. It can look like emotional abuse that doesn't seem like that big of a deal, like gaslighting, end of relationship. A lot of people, yes, have some sort of trauma, but it might be little t, even if they haven't experienced a big yeah. t. And it's still going through the filter. And the main thing I wanted to get across by sharing this is that if people are on the the outweigh journey, you know, and the reason why we named the series outweigh is because a life without disordered eating outweighs everything. And Lisa and I were real intentional about that. But you know, some people are just now finding the series and starting to listen to it. And by no means, if you listen to those four episodes, does that mean you're on some journey to ending your disordered habits with food or your body or whatever. But if it does motivate you in some way, shape or form to make a change, Mm -hmm. then you're on a journey. And eventually, once you get there, if you have been where I was, when you're in it, you're numbing all your feelings. And it may not be an eating disorder. Maybe what are some other examples of ways people numb their feelings? I mean, it can be with literally anything. You can do it with food. You can do it with substances. You can do it with work. You can do it with shopping, sex. If you have been numbing your feelings and then, but I'm using the eating disorder as a journey because a lot of you have listened to Outweigh and if maybe you're putting in the work now and that heavy weight, those shackles start to be lifted from you, then you're on another journey, which is where I am of Mm -hmm. dealing with all these feelings that come up that you were able to suppress with whatever, you know, insert the vice. It's hard. Like that's one of the hardest parts when like you've decided I'm not going to use these things anymore but then I have to feel this stuff and I don't know what the heck's happening that's like one of the toughest spaces to be in because it was pretty comfortable to be able to be like I don't want to feel this rage I'm going to ignore all this I'm going to go use a behavior and you're in the process of getting to that next point so (laughs) so mine went from numbing it to then feeling it to wanting to deal with the feelings and throwing things felt really good to now being able to have a more calm response Mm -hmm. and to not act on the desire to throw Mm -hmm. something and then process the feelings properly like an adult. I think you said that to me during the session the other day. You were like, you know, like an adult should. And I thought, yes, (laughs) adulting is hard. But yes, that's a really good point because I explained to you, I felt like when I'm in those moments, I feel like a child. Yeah, okay. Almost 40. Right. So I, that's, I think, an important part. And you asked to talk about the screen. And one, I want, I want to say about trauma, when I define it to people, I say trauma is anything that's less than nurturing. So if it wasn't nurturing, it could have, you could have experienced that as trauma. And so you mentioned the screens, and I don't know how much people here that are listening know about that, but that's what I think of as like these belief systems that we create based on our experiences throughout our lives. And so the other day when you wanted to throw the coffee, how old did you feel? Yeah, toddlerish. Yeah. And so that's when you, if you can have space to take a second, which you did, and exhale a little bit before you throw the coffee, you can look and see, like, I feel like a kid. Okay, but I'm 39. So whatever's going on isn't happening right now. This is the 8-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old, whatever age that I had that desire to shut off my feelings because feelings weren't safe. That's the experience that I'm having right now. And I have to pull myself into the present, tell myself, hey, like, I'm okay right now. There might just be something I need to say or express to somebody. So thank you, feelings, for popping up and letting me know that I need to do something. But I'm not dying. Nobody's leaving me. 
everything's okay and I'm going to like move through this. So yeah, and this is just kind of a the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. or just giving y'all a peek inside of what's to come. So hopefully if you're experiencing any of that, this little conversation was helpful for you. You know, Catherine's doing the whole episode and the next thing that we're going to get into is boundaries because I think that that also came up in a recent session and I thought you know this could be helpful for people to understand their own and other people's as well Mm -hmm. and why we may have them and how it's okay to have them so we'll get into that next let me tell you about this 100% Mongolian cashmere sweater that I got for $50 I ordered it in navy the crew neck style and it is perfect I wore it with jeans and heels to work and then later in the day threw on sneakers and it was a simple outfit that got so many compliments. And something like this exists thanks to Quince. I already have the ivory color in my cart for my next order, which by the way, I never thought I would own anything cashmere before, but since all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, it's doable now. They also have organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more that you need to check out for yourself. And here's how they do it. They partner directly with top factories. Quince cuts out the middleman and passes the savings on to us. So indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash Amy to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Amy. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. All right, look, hiring is hard. Well, good news. Express Employment Professionals makes hiring easy. Forget about posting jobs, sifting through resumes, being ghosted, and interviewing unqualified applicants. Visit expresspros.com to let the pros help you. Express is your full-service workforce solution, connecting you with top talent fast. Every day, Express recruits and screens workers in your area so that when it's time to hire, they have the talent you need ready to work. With more than 40 years in the staffing business, Express helps thousands of companies find great team players each year, and they can help you too. Just go to ExpressPros.com. Each Express Employment Professionals location is locally owned and operated, backed by the support and stability of an international headquarters. And with more than 860 franchise locations, there's sure to be an Express office near you. So make hiring easy and go to ExpressPros.com to find the location near you. 
All right, I can't say enough good things about Tacovas. It's my favorite boot brand. Not just boots. They have everything Western that you need. And it's rodeo season. So if you're looking to put together a good outfit or you're just embracing like your cowgirl, cowboy vibes, again, Tacovas is where it's at. They bring a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. I mean, they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality that you would find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. I can speak to all three. Their boots are super comfortable. I can wear them to events and my feet feel fine. I get a lot of compliments. They're super cute and I feel cute. And then the customer service is out of this world. They also have trucker hats, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western boots right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. And as a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code BONES at checkout. That's B-O-N-E-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code BONES at checkout and you're going to get a free trucker hat. Second thing. So something I used to do to my daughter was really try to force conversation, especially in the morning. And I would get my feelings hurt if she didn't want to engage with me or I thought she didn't like me or I thought, and if you're new to the podcast, we adopted two kids about two and a half years ago and she's older. She's 13 now. She was 10 when she got here. So having a relationship with her is really important. The first year was very rocky, but now we have a better relationship and I don't push those conversations anymore because she's been able to open up to me and say, mom, nothing's wrong with me. I just don't want to talk right now. (laughs) And so as I've been learning about boundaries and trying to learn mine for myself and even others, I now have that respect for her boundaries and I try to honor that. And it's so much easier because I know that it's not this like list of reasons that she doesn't like me and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I have this whole fake story in my head. And then now I have no relationship with my daughter and she hates being here. Yes. I take it through that filter of nobody likes me. But now that I've had this conversation with her and I better understanding her boundaries, it's so much better. And we have better talks because I know when to wait for the right time. And so let's just talk about why boundaries are important. And let's start with, I know I gave this Dashir one as an example, which is somebody else in my life, but let's talk about why it's important to create boundaries for yourself, which Dashira did. And she's only 13, so way to go. Well, and you're talking, yeah, you're talking about two different kinds of boundaries. So these internal boundaries, and then there are boundaries within like relationships and family systems. So through your process, what have you noticed about what it feels like to set a boundary and what you get from setting a boundary. Is it a form of self-care? It can be, yeah. So boundaries really are things that like help essentially train people how to treat us. So our boundaries help us form the kinds of relationships that we 
want to form. So if I don't have any boundaries, one, I'm going to probably end up being pretty resentful, but I'm also probably not going to have a very good sense of self because that's sending the message that my needs don't matter. And my job is to like be to other people what other people need me to be. And so when we build boundaries, what we're doing is like building a sense of self. That's when it's like internal boundaries. And that's why boundaries are hard because you're fighting through those messages, right? And there's a lot of things that might pop up. Well, if I set this boundary, this person won't like me anymore. If I set this boundary, then nobody will, will need me. Or if I set this, and those all come from old belief systems that we're trying to retrain. I'm sure Stashira has her own things and feel like she should be here to speak for herself. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say anything on her end. And, and what I'm even sharing isn't anything that she would mind. But her being able to know, is it like as children, are we better at being able to express what we want? Or is that case by case? Well, because I'm like, how was she able to just in such an easy way be able to say, hey, mom, you've done nothing wrong. I like talking to you. Sometimes I just don't want to talk, especially in the mornings. Is that her just being super wise or are kids just better at it? I think it can be both. So we develop how we set our boundaries based on our experiences. And so I can't speak to why she's doing that specifically for her because it could be that she just knows herself very well or it could be that she's learning about what her needs are and then implementing them. But when we are born, we're born pretty egotistical thinking that the world revolves around us and that our needs always are the ones that should be met. And then life hits us and then things shift. And so I think it can be both. But I think what's important to know is what you're doing for her and for your own growth by respecting her boundary. Yeah. And I think as parents, sometimes that's hard because we're the parents Mm -hmm. and this is our house. So mm-hmm. if I want to talk to you, you're going to talk to me. Mm-hmm. So what, what does that look like for parents to try to understand? And this could be in any relationship, mm-hmm. but this is just an yeah. example of like yeah. what it can do for a relationship when you respect the boundary. Okay. So my first question is when somebody says, I don't want to talk about it, what do you feel? Well, I feel like maybe they don't trust me. So what's that feeling? Like they don't like me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's a thought. Um, oh, that's a thought. What, Dang it. What's, what's the feeling? Rejection? That's the feeling. I'm trying not to give this to you. I don't want you to give it to me. I'm trying to okay. understand. Okay, so if the thought is she doesn't like me, what is the emotion? Sad. Is that not the okay. right sad? No, no. It's, it can be sad. Like, I can't, I don't know what you're feeling. So if it's sad, what you're doing by, like, poking her, please tell me, like, are you sure you don't want to talk about it? Are you sure? Well, why don't we go, like, sit on the couch and we can talk about it? And she's like, I'm good. I'm good. I used to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she, what you're doing is you're getting your needs met by her. It's that's when like the parent forces the child to take care of them. When really it's okay for you to feel sad. Well, dang it. I feel sad. That's bringing up a story in my head that she doesn't like me. I need to go fix that because that's, she never said that. She just said like, she doesn't want to talk and that's okay. So when you, when you don't respect that, what you're doing is you're telling her that she's responsible for your feelings. And you're creating this like enmeshed system where there aren't boundaries. Her boundaries are not respected. And so she either loses trust in you or she's going to learn lose trust within her own ability to set boundaries. Mm. Now, for you, if you get, if that happens and every time she tries to set a boundary and you poke, poke, poke until she finally answers you, well, then you're not being forced to look at what's going on in you, so it's actually hurting your process too. Rather than I need to go soothe myself and figure out my own stuff and give her space, and she, when she wants to talk to me, I trust that she will come to me. Yeah. So you both are learning to trust each other. What if someone was 
you know, starting Boundaries 101, like they're hearing this and they're like, mm-hmm. whoa, I don't know if I set boundaries for myself or whoa, mm-hmm. I don't know if I respect people's boundaries in my family or in mm-hmm. people that I have relationships with. Is there a place to start or how do you start the process? I mean, I think yeah. for other people, maybe you start to look for ways that you try to push a situation and really look mm-hmm. at how someone is reacting and then try to respect that. But then in, in your own self, I think that's the harder part, but you can speak to that part too. I'm just assuming. Yeah. But then in our own selves, like if we wanted to start, I don't know, is it something that you encourage people to journal through or answer any particular questions? Because mm-hmm. I feel like it might be a little hard for people to identify what their boundaries even are. Right. Because I think a lot of times in our like unhealthy mind, we just don't have boundaries or we have so many boundaries that we don't even have boundaries. We just have like a big brick wall up. So I think that something, if somebody's like, wait a second, I'm, what does this mean? What are boundaries? Do I have them? Do I not have them? Something to ask yourself is like when you're in relationship with somebody and you're either doing for or asking for, like, what are the things that are coming up for you? Do you find yourself always saying yes? Do you find yourself always saying no? Are you afraid of asking for help? Are you afraid to open up to people? Do you tell everybody everything? Those are the kind of questions I would ask. And if do you have like really stark black and white answers, then I think that it would be worth something to maybe talk to somebody. Boundary work is freaking hard, like very hard. Okay, welcome to boundary work. (laughs) But I mean, I'm glad you're honest about it. And and it is, I'll even speak to that. That's why I said earlier, for me, it's a form of self-care because, well, without details, I had it incident recently where I didn't realize it was a boundary thing, but Catherine told me, oh, no, no, Amy, that's you setting a boundary. And it was also something that was taking care of myself. So that seems appropriate to me, like making sure that you're Mm -hmm. looking out for yourself and that's what a boundary can do. An example, because the reason I say it's hard is because it's kind of, it's something that I don't want people to look at and be like, well, I'll never do that or I'll never have that all right or that seems like a lot. And I say it's hard because it's a process that it's okay to be working on it for a long period of time. I'm a therapist and I still work on it. So I shared with you an example of like how, because I was explaining why rage isn't always like, ah, I'm screaming, yelling. It can be passive aggressive too and quiet and covert. And so in one of my relationships, I am somebody who like really likes people to like do the soothing for me. Like I don't like to go take care of myself and figure out and sit with my feelings either. I like constant communication. I like to know what's going on. I like to have certain things set the way I like to have them. And in my relationship, I wasn't getting the um, attention that I wanted from the person I was dating. And so I, in my own story, in my own screen, started feeling, you don't like me, you're going to break up with me, you don't think I'm worth your time, like all of these things started to come up. And I started to feel a lot of, well, rage, but it was really it was fear. But it, my rage doesn't come out in yelling. I don't yell very often. I get or short. throwing. You mean throwing? Oh, throw. <laughs> Because I'm like, wait, 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 to clear (laughs) things up, I don't really yell either. I want to throw something. But people listening, they may want to yell. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't do that. I get like almost like I get quiet and I try to like halfway kill him with kindness, but also get my point across. And so what was happening in the relationship is somebody was setting a boundary with me. Like, hey, I can't talk to you all the time. I need some space. Like, I'm not going to be available or I have to go spend me time. That's really what it was. Like, I have to go and spend me time. And I got, oh, you don't want to spend more time with me. And so what I ended up doing 
is after he was done having his me time and he was like, hey, like, I'm done. Like, do you want to hang out tomorrow and, and make some plans? And I just responded, I don't know. Like, IDK, period, send. <laughs> so young of you, IDK. <laughs> You should be asking how old did you feel? <laughs> and then he said, okay, well, like, if you're free, like, let me know. I'd love to spend some time with you. And I send a text back that's like, I don't know if I'm going to be free. I might have to have some me time tomorrow, like a child. And so anyway, that's an expression of, like, he's setting a boundary. And I'm, like, wanting to force him to, like, take care of my needs. I feel scared that you don't love me. I need you to tell me all the time that you love me. And he's like, you need to relax. I'm having time for myself. I'm not in charge of your feelings. I'll see you tomorrow. But if I would have just taken care of my feelings and, and sat in it and figured out, like, this isn't him. He didn't do anything. This is this person when I was 15. We could bypass that. I say that because, one, I want people to know that it's okay for this to be an evolving process. We all have moments like that. And sometimes when people are taking care of themselves, it comes off as like, they don't like me, they don't want to be with me. But sometimes when people are taking care of themselves, it's just setting a boundary and that's okay for them to do. Just like it's okay for us to set boundaries for ourselves too. That's a great example of the boundaries, but also another example of rage coming through as passive aggressive, which was what we talked about in the first thing. But how do you come back from that? Like you sent the passive aggressive notes. So then when do you come to realize like, oh, that was fear? Like when did you process Mm -hmm. it? In that situation pretty quickly. And then I was like, Catherine, get pull yourself together. And I breathed. And so I explained what happened. This is what happened. I'm sorry. I'm going to work on that. And so the next time something like that happened, pretty much the same same thing. What happened is I felt like a wave of heat over my body. And kind of like when you're like envisioning wanting to throw that cup of coffee, I this wave of heat. And I had that, oh, cat, like your threat response is coming up. Your sympathetic nervous system is revving, getting ready to go. You need to exhale a little bit. You need to tell your body that everything is okay. And so I did, and I breathed a little bit, and then I was like, I need to go, like, move my body and, like, kind of, like, just settle down a little bit. So I went outside, and I, like, pick weeds in my yard. And then an hour later, I was fine, and I was able to be like, I didn't need to reach out to him. I'm okay. He's okay. Everything's fine. Let's move forward. And so we can have moments like that. They can be teaching moments, and then the next time we can figure out, oh, now I know what's going on. Here we go. So Catherine, I've been talking about not using you when you're in a confrontation mm-hmm. or an argument and try to turn it to, I feel this way when, and it's come up a few different times in a couple of episodes, I think a and a and then a four things. And then I got this email from a school counselor and I thought it was really helpful mm-hmm. for anybody that is trying to implement this. And I love that she's using this with kids. And then I want you to speak to the importance of, you know, trying to insert your feelings instead of pointing the finger at what someone's doing. So here's what she wrote. Hey, Amy, I'm an elementary school counselor and a relatively new listener to your podcast about six months. I was listening to your recent episode on not using you in hard conversations and wanted to share with you that at my school and my lessons, I teach all the students K through six about I messages. It goes like this. I feel blank when insert the situation. And I would like to insert what you would like to have happen next. For example, I feel sad when I don't get a turn. I would like to have a turn. As you were saying, it takes it off the other person and you are owning and sharing your feelings. 
And I thought, oh, okay, thank you, school counselor Terry, for emailing this and just affirming that the right way to handle it mm-hmm. and that probably learning it as a kid is so much better than trying to learn it as an adult, especially when we're in relationships as adults and there's things that come up where it's really easy to say you, 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 mm-hmm. or maybe it's not even in a, a romantic relationship. It's in a friendship or a work relationship where it's you, you, mm-hmm. you, you, you. So how important do you feel that mm-hmm. it is to speak this way? Very important. I love that you have this email for this episode because this is like boundary setting. Like this is boundary setting 101. When I work with clients around this stuff, I call it intentional dialogue. And for adults, what I would add for people who are trying to like figure out their their stuff is I feel blank when blank. The story I'm making up in my head or the judgment I'm creating is blank. So then you're going that extra step and being able to say like, oh, the story I'm making up is that you don't like me or that I'm not important or my feelings don't matter. So you're going one extra step there. So I love this. I think if we could all do a little bit more intentional dialogue, we would get our needs met more and other people would also get their needs met more. And it just eases up the hard conversation. Mm -hmm. It automatically makes it lighter. It can still be a serious conversation, but without the weight of... Ugh, because the other person doesn't feel attacked. Without defensive, they need to be defensive. Because in reality, a lot of times when we do stuff like that, the person on the other side, a lot of times, not always, didn't mean to evoke that situation, right? So if we can come at it as like, I'm making up the story because of X, Y, Z, then they can be like, oh, I get, I understand you more. Like I now am understanding you more. Next time I can, I can kind of shift my behavior. Or next time maybe you just need to take a break and be able to understand what's going on a little bit better. Take notes, people. Four with Amy Brown. Okay, I've got an email from a listener and she said, Hey, Amy, I was wondering if you could give me some advice. I'm a single mom of two boys, 16 and 12. My last relationship was incredible, but cut short. Unfortunately, my boyfriend passed away suddenly in April of 2018. I haven't dated since, and I think I'm ready to put myself back into the world and see what happens. My question is, I still have his pictures up in my bedroom and my office as a daily reminder of him. I will always love him, but I'm wondering if I should pack them away for safekeeping. I feel like if I do find someone that I'm interested in, it may be uncomfortable for them to come to my house and see them. What do you think about me either leaving them out and explaining or packing them away and keeping his memory in my heart? I hope you can give me your thoughts as I'm torn what to do. So Catherine, I'm going to defer to you to answer this. And I saved this question for when I would have you on because I feel like grief is something that's super sensitive. And I really felt for her when she sent this email and I wanted to make sure she got the best answer possible. And I thought that that would be from you. The truth is, I think you could answer this just because there's not a right or wrong answer. There's not a right way to grieve, a right way to move on, and there's not a wrong way. I would first encourage her to think about and check in with herself and do what feels right to her and be very cautious about making the decision based on how someone else might feel in the future. I think we get weary about like the grieving process and what's the right way to do it and the truth is it's a very nonlinear process. There's stages, but they're all over the place. And there's not like an end point. We don't like, oh, I'm going to grieve this person. And at this point, it'll be over and done. Like you can be grieving for the rest of your life. And at the same time, still 
have great other relationships and be able to move on. So just because you want to see this person's picture and you want to remember them doesn't mean that you aren't able to have another relationship. And if you know that and you feel like you're ready to move on, then that's not your job to have to essentially take care of somebody else's feelings about seeing somebody who is special in your life. There's a difference in like refusing to move on and refusing to move through the grieving process and holding yourself in that and accepting that I'm in grief and be sad and then have joy as well. You can have both of those emotions, sadness, joy, happiness at the same time. That's something I think that I would want more people to be able to like understand and hear more often that you can have conflicting emotions at one time. Maybe you haven't lost a boyfriend like she did, but you wrestle with holding on to something else that belonged Mm -hmm. to your mom or your dad or your sister or your brother, somebody, a best friend, somebody that you lost and you don't know how you should be grieving it and where should you put your thing, their things and Mm -hmm. should you put them away or is, does it cause sadness for you to see it every day? Does it make you happy to see it every day? Mm -hmm. I wear my mom's wedding ring sometimes and she has a little pinky ring And I love being able to look down and see that. Mm -hmm. But for somebody else, they may look down and it may Mm -hmm. cause too much sadness so they don't want to wear it. But for me, I know it's safe for me to wear it. Well, yeah. And I think you said this one time on, I think, one of the episodes that probably was the Outweigh one. When people are grieving, they feel like they can't also be happy. They feel like that's not what people who are... Like, if I miss my mom or if I miss my boyfriend, if I'm sad that he passed away, then I can't be happy. And, and that's actually not true. You can be both. Totally. So to answer her question, do what you want to do. What yeah. feels right to you. So just whatever feels right to you. That's important to remember probably for a lot of us and a lot of things in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Dealing with mess can feel like an impossible task. It just keeps coming back. Well, today, we're brought to you by the organization experts, IKEA. IKEA knows that we all have those areas in our homes consumed by mess, Whether it be the chair that collects all your clothes or the monstrous pile under your bed, that's why IKEA makes affordable wardrobe organizers, underbed storage, and other solutions that help you easily take back that chair and conquer the mess monster under your bed. Visit IKEA to explore more. You can't afford mess, so IKEA makes storage affordable. 
This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.